Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire, another scorcher of a week in the southwest, and things are hotting up for Bristol City as well. We're just a week to go until the new season begins, and pre-season is almost done and dusted. One more game this weekend against Crystal Palace, which will be a real test for Bristol City, but proved to be a big test last night. Gregor against League Two opposition Forest Green. Lovely comeback, 1-4-3, but a bit of a surprise that they were trailing at one point. Yeah, a bit, a little bit rusty maybe, and maybe a little bit of jet lag there even. I think Lee Johnson said the same himself. Obviously, coming back to slightly cooler climbs from Brad Denton in the oh, US. It doesn't feel cooler. Yeah, but um, they, it's fair to say it took them a, a little while to get going last night, and I th- was impressed by Forest Green Rovers. I thought they had a nice balance to the side they fielded. They were really up for it, as you'd imagine, sort of local, uh, local opponents, and... Yeah, they, they were probably a little bit unlucky not to get a result, whereas Bristol City kind of showed their class in the end, but maybe didn't deserve the win. Adam Webster just proving again how good he is on the ball with that late... Well, was it his goal or was it Saiku Jenna that got the last touch? Well, newsflash for you here. Um, Seku Jenna's just retweeted my tweet saying, was it Seku Jenna? <laughs> so I'm going to take that as being that, it was. that Jenna did get a touch on it. Have you... If you see the the video of it, I think a couple of guys have got videos um, that they took last night from the from the fans and, and have posted them up. I think you can see Jana maybe gets the slightest touch. And what I know about him, by the way, is he is a master poacher. So it doesn't surprise me that he's getting on the end of things like this. And he's got another goal there, I think. Yeah, well, let's hear from Lee Johnson on last night and everything else that's been going on. Lee, there was another game today, wasn't there, against Swindon? Yeah. Is that right? How, yeah. how do you decide on the two teams? Um, I wanted to keep like um, Callas, uh, Webster and Bentley really together uh, but apart from that it was a bit of a, obviously a mix and match in terms of like, who played where, what we needed um, Marlon played uh, for Mar up front, Jay De Silva left back, Matty Taylor was up front um, with him, do you know what I mean? So there was uh, senior players as I'd call it playing in that game as well and it was a good game, very good game, boys done well 1-3-1, fan missed the penalty Goals from uh, Johnny Smith, great little cut inside and finish. Uh, Semenyo with a fantastic move and header. And Matty Taylor scored from about 25 yards straight in the top corner. So uh, the boys got a good run out. And at the moment, it's important that like we get sets of uh, 90s in them, in the legs uh, over the next, uh, particularly this game and then Saturday. Just on the likes of Seku that you mentioned there and Johnny Smith, who scored earlier, have you decided yet on what they might do this season in terms of either being first-team plans or maybe go out on loan again? Well, I think that that always depends on... like You have to make an honest, genuine assessment of, of how many minutes you think they'll get. 
Um, I think all of our young players have got attributes that they can come in and, and affect um, the game at championship level in a good side. And I think that's important that the young players have got to come into a good side. But we feel we've got a decent balance of experience and, and youth. And uh, I like them all, to be honest. So, um, yes, we're trying to do a couple and that will really determine... Uh, what we do with two or three of those young lads but if it's a case of staying in that's fine but I've got to be able to, to, to get the minutes at some point otherwise it's obviously better for them to progress their career for maybe even just six months until January out in league football but club, clubs in for them loads of clubs yeah we got I mean I think Brian Tinian's phone and my phone's like the bat phone at the moment and that's with uh, that's with people phoning about our young lads Lee Johnson then has been talking about the phone ringing and what's going on with the youngsters. What are we thinking now in this next final two weeks of the transfer window about young players like Saiku Jenner that we just talked about and Antoine Semenya? Do you think they'll go out on loan or do you think they'll they'll stay and be part of the first team plans? Yeah, I think a fair few will go out on loan. I was speaking to some sources this week actually about Saku Jenner and whether he might go out. My understanding has not been decided just yet and Obviously, we asked Lee and he's kind of hinted at that as well. So it might depend a little bit on if they bring somebody in. They've obviously got strength and depth there. Andy Vyman's looked good, I have to say, across pre-season. Antoine Semenyo scored yesterday in a behind-closed-doors game against That was the one he mentioned against Swindon, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, I think Fan missed a penalty in that. Matty Taylor scored a, a, an outstanding 25-yarder into the top corner, apparently. So um, wow. that'd be good for him. So, yeah, there is competition up, up front. So, yeah, I think... I think Seku might end up going on loan and I think it might be the same for some other guys, possibly Liam Walsh too. Right, OK. Uh, let's talk about a young man who's come in this season and let's hear from him. Here's Sammy Smodix after the Forest Green game. Yeah, they've made me feel really welcome. Um, I'm quite a bubbly character and so are a lot of the boys in there. It's a great team spirit, not only from the players but also the staff. We had a good trip to Tampa and um, I'm looking forward to the start of the season. Yeah, did getting away to the US help to... You know, establish those bonds. Yeah, you're you're in each other's pocket for ten days. Uh, you're sharing a room with one of the lads, um, so it's just made the relationship stronger. And you now, if the relationship's stronger, for the pitch is even stronger on there. So yeah, it's really good. You've already bagged quite a few goals in pre-season as well. Can Bristol City fans expect that from you when the season gets underway? Yeah, I said at the when I signed, you know, I, I bring a lot of energy to the game, and uh, you know, I get in the right positions to score goals. Um, and I'm happy with another one tonight. You're sort of playing alongside Vyman at times as well. Where do you see yourself as your best position? Is it just off the front man or? Yeah, I like to play behind too, you know, but I've pre-season I've played up front, I've played in the 10 and I've played wide left. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still a youngster, I'm still learning the game, but I feel like I could do a job in, in all three of them positions and, uh, you know, the gaffer's a great coach. Um, that's one of the reasons I joined the club um, and he's sort of reiterated he doesn't want to coach me completely, he wants to take my game from Colchester into the Bristol, you know, the Bristol team and sharpen me up here and there and it's a, it's a, big, it's a big learning curve. Um, it's a big step up, but it's... A manager that anyone would want to play under, and you know it's one of the best coaches in is in the league. So yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, and how have you found you know making that step up and playing with Championship players? And some of these guys have been in the Premier League in the past. Yeah, it's a lot sharper. The boys are a lot fitter. Um, my fitness is probably the fittest I've ever been pre-season, um, and that comes from you know there's a competitive edge in the camp. All the boys want to be the fittest, the best, um, and it's going to take us a long way this season. Thanks for your time, Sammy. Thank you. Hi, Sammy. How do you find the US trip? We haven't had a chance to speak to you since then. Yeah, it's the first time I've been to USA. Uh, the flight was very long, but it's you know it's worth it playing and training in the you know in the complex that we did. Fantastic. Pretty hot over there, wasn't it? Though, what was the weather like? Yeah, it was. You know, it's very even when it's cloudy, it's very humid out there. I think when we played, it was like 35. You know, but 
that's the fittest game I think I've ever felt throughout a season as well. Um, and it's, you know, working in conditions like that in Tampa has just benefited us completely. Now the build-up is Crystal Palace, I guess, on Saturday. I guess you'll hope to be involved in that and, and win your place maybe for Leeds. Yes, yeah, I'm excited to play at Ashton Gate. Obviously, if the Kaffa picks me and picks the squad, um, I'll be happy to, to wear the red at Ashton Gate and play against Premier League opposition to really test ourselves. Yes, man. Thank you. Sammy, obviously you were well sought after by a number of clubs. You ended up joining City. You, you pleased how you hit the hit the ground running? Yeah. Ashton Gate with, with the rest of the boys so far. This yeah, season? the boys have made me feel really welcome. Um, you know, I'm an energetic player. I spoke to the manager, and you know, he likes them type of players. And I'm at that age where. I really want to kick on and really learn, and there's no one better to work under. He's so quick to praise, isn't he, Sammy Spoddicks, Lee Johnson? I don't know if he's trying to butter him up for a starting place on the opening weekend, but he's been one of the most promising players of pre-season, hasn't he? He has. I don't know what Lee said to him like before to get him to join, and in the yeah pre-deal sort of conversations that managers sometimes have with them. Yeah, but he seems to be a big fan. So yeah, and he has he has looked really good across pre-season he's probably been a standout man he he started a little bit slowly I have to say last night but then by the end of the match he was a really key player creative um, putting several good crosses and a lovely finish to make it 3-3 so yeah really promising Tinkle play make his Ashton Gate debut against Crystal Palace on Saturday I think yeah I think he might do I think he's probably been the standout man from all the matches I've seen and he's certainly exciting I, I would say it's obviously between sort of him O'Dowda Patterson and Eliasson for those attacking midfield positions. And I'd say Schmodix at the moment is, is probably the, the standout man. What's going on with Canoy Dowder then? Because we thought maybe last week he would be going, but it all seems to have gone quiet on that front. Are Fulham turned their attention to other targets? Anthony Knockhart assigned? Yeah, that's the cracking signing, isn't it? And obviously Cavalero as well. Uh, I was speaking to someone... Oh, look, at, look at Fulham's team. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Oh. Um, I... I I fancy them to have the best attack in the, in the league now with yeah. Mitrovic and those two wingers. They've also got strength in depth. They've got, um, I can't remember the other players, but I was speaking to a Fulham contact and they were explaining that they've really got six players across those positions now and they don't really need another winger. So, so that might that might be yeah. game over in terms of Fulham. It might. Um, I've heard a, f- a few whispers before from about West Brom possibly being interested. I think he's he's low down on a list of their targets is what I was told. So... Yeah, I, all I would point to is what I sort of said um, last week, that from my contacts and sources, what I've heard is that, that it's not definite that he's going and that if no deal materialises, then there's a good chance he might sign a new deal at Bristol City. And uh, yeah, I, I think there's a, a chance a, and a growing chance that he's going to stay. Until Christmas or for the long run? Hopefully sign a new deal and be here for the long run. But I would have to stress... Uh, sort of said this as well before I think it depends probably on what happens obviously in the next two weeks in terms of if a big club comes in for him and this is the thing all the clubs are trying to do their business and they it's might have to late, consider yeah they might have to consider targets who were who were second or third choice so that might happen but with two weeks left of the window really it is surprising how little business is, has been done some teams have done loads you know look at Aston Villa who've gone up to the Premier League and they've million. Oh, it, well are they doing a Fulham? You know, yeah. they've got to be careful. Um, but then you look around even the top six clubs in the Premier League, there's not been a massive amount of activity. Are we waiting for something that's not going to happen in terms of that domino effect of Harry Maguire and then James Tarkovsky or Lewis Dunk and then maybe that affects Adam Webster? Is that looking increasingly unlikely or as time goes on, uh, the club's going to press the button and go for it? Uh, in short, yes. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I, I, I think I think 
I don't think these... Well, it's been a bit of a damp squib of a transfer window. Not much has happened, in, in, in my opinion. There's been few big deals. Yeah, I was expecting some, some big stuff to happen. It's it not speculation yeah. stuff. Even Gareth Bale is still going on. Uh, yeah, exactly. And the Maguire stuff. We, those, those deals might still happen, but it's starting to look like they won't. And yeah, there's not going to be the knock-on effect. Even if there is, it sounds like Leicester... Well, I saw Sky Sports reporting that maybe Leicester aren't going to bring in a replacement for Maguire if they did sell him. So, so yeah, I, I mean, Lee Johnson said several times he's really confident that Adam Webster's going to be there. I, I haven't heard any different. So, yeah, I'm, I'm confident as well. And I think, hopefully, it's time to move on from that one a little bit. Well, how close then are Bristol City in securing a striker? Because it still looks to me like they could do with one, especially if we're talking about Psycho Jenna going out on loan. Is there any whispers in the wind about who it might be? Are there any new rumours this week? I saw um, last week Jordan Hugo was linked by Sky Sports. Uh, I haven't really heard much more about that one. Yeah, well, our understanding is that Eddie Engataya is the club's top transfer target. That, that is what we were told this week. And, yeah, there's still a chance that that might happen. It depends on Arsenal. It depends on Arsenal bringing in other players. If that doesn't happen, other forward players... And they do like Wilfred Zahar and Everton Suarez, uh, the, the Brazilian. If either of those guys arrive, then maybe it might open the door for Eddie to go out on loan. Um, but if it doesn't, then it looks like he's going to stay. So, yeah, City going to have to be patient on that one. In terms of other targets, I know I heard this week from our sources that we can rule out um, prior names, Britta Sombolonga and Scott Hogan, because wages are, two, uh, are, the, are the obstacles there. They're just not going to be... Um, feasible, so those two are off off the menu. Um, in terms of other players, no, no other real names. I mean, the the very latest things we're investigating is whether maybe City might turn their attentions to abroad. Um, we we did report last week. <laughs> Lois about, Juni. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what they've got to be careful about. We did report last week that they have an interest. That we understand in Lucas Zhao of of Sheffield Wednesday, and that has come about possibly because of Lee Johnson's trips to Portugal. Remember, he said he did say to BBC Radio Bristol he was scouting players in Portugal. He's been out there, we know, a few times. And we also understand that, that the club has met with um, some of the top agencies, such as Guest of Future and Doyon Sports and the likes of George Mendes this summer. So this mm-hmm. is the kind of pool that they're now looking to fish in. And it's, it's difficult to make these, these, these big deals come off. Hopefully, in the long run, we're going to see something. And this maybe explains why they brought back, um, by the way, Khalifa Cisse, who they announced yesterday, returning midfielder, who's going to have a new, kind of a, a, it was a bit of a strange announcement, that, because the club didn't really clarify what his role was. And Lee Johnson did explain a little bit last night, but he didn't give too much away. He did um, say, he did mention the five languages that Khalifa speaks. And we think that that could be a key uh, thing so it might hint that maybe the club can't get the domestic targets they want. Other guys like Kiefer Moore seem to maybe mm-hmm. maybe um, maybe are still on the radar, but just the the price is prohibitive. So maybe they're going to look abroad, and yeah, they've got this this. Um, oh, they've been looking in Portugal, and maybe we're going to see something from there. But we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. When you look at the business Bristol City have done compared to Fulham, is it a little bit worrying that Fulham can go out and do that, and Bristol City? Can't because I think it's been a really positive preseason so far for Bristol City in, in the fact that so far they've kept Adam Webster. Uh, Sammy Smodix looks like a, a great signing, and you think about the players they've still got from last season that they've secured, like Jada Silva and Thomas Callis. 
but it's just taking that next step. It all looks really positive and it all looks potential top six, but then you turn around and look at Fulham and you're like, whoa. Yeah, no, absolutely hear you. And yeah, completely agree. Fulham are the standout ones for me. Obviously, that's to do with parachute payments on the Premier League, giving you the big budget that you can bring in these guys on on the wages that they're going to command. Bristol City can't do that, so they've got to be a bit more creative in the market. I actually do feel that a little bit of sympathy for City in a way because they're at a difficult place now where I think they've got a good squad. They've certainly got a very good defence. We all know that to improve, they need to improve uh, their forward options and bring in quality. But to bring in the quality is expensive. So... You can't just bring in someone proven, so maybe they've got to gamble a little bit. So that might mean, yes, they need to shop uh, on an unknown talent, maybe from the lower leagues or from abroad, or they need to wait and be patient and get a, a loan in, uh, like they might get with Ekintyre, maybe someone else that we haven't heard of yet. But I heard that Ekintyre and, and Keita uh, wants to stay at Arsenal and, and play in the first team. I'm not, do you, do yeah, you think he, that... he, he does. However... Our understanding is that he wants to play regularly, right? Um, and certainly this coming season. And I think that is what what is maybe gives City a, a, some real hope. Um, he was quoted this week after the US game saying that he was going to sit down with the management at Arsenal and discuss it. But he wants to be playing regularly this coming season. That's going to be interesting. Let's hear now from a man who is behind all of the transfers, really, and a man who has perhaps the ultimate say in the club, and that is John Lansdowne. And uh, Steve Brimmer, who's been stateside for us in Florida, sat down with John Lansdowne for an extended chat, and here it is. When I've been out here in the past, I've covered you know City, Arsenal, Liverpool, yeah. Man City, and it's quite obvious what they're trying to do in terms of set themselves up in the US. But for you guys, obviously, no just you're coming from a slightly different level, what? What are you trying to get out of sort of having ties here and what have you sort of done? Certainly, I mean, you're looking to grow your your reach in terms of potential future fan base. So, I mean, that's one point you start from. I mean, football, there's certainly a recruitment element to it, potentially as well, in terms of how you can get a pipeline from over here for players, potentially. Which you possibly haven't had. You no, haven't had certainly not, not till now. I know. But it's also you've got quite a lot of like-minded people over here in terms of multi-sport ownership they get what you do they're interested in how we manufacture kit how we're different so there's there's potential tie-ups and also because we have basketball rugby then you've got people who are variously interested in different things you do so it it makes a tie-up more likely in that sense or more work work for all sides so you've been wearing a lot of hats here (laughs) (laughs) it's very hot yeah just to be honest, it's obviously it's a football-based pre-season. That's the main focus. But yeah. we're, we're out here to... We've met um, USL owners and run, people who run it. Um, but I have met people talk about rugby and basketball as well. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the, the US soccer model is is quite sort of different. And the USL is, you know, some of the crowds and they get for some of the, the lesser sort of lesser teams are phenomenal. What, what did you... Did you learn particularly anything from speaking to... Speaking to those guys? Um, I think, well, Mark came out to their winter meeting in November, December last year and met a lot of the owners and I think that's kind of what, what sparked the whole trip, really. Yeah. So I think we're just building on that, really, in terms of saying, right, if we want to build a relationship with someone, what does that look like? Sure. Because, you know, that can be something as simple as having a tie-up and we help technically in terms of the football side of the club. Or is there somewhere where we may take... Uh, a small stake in the yeah. club or something like that so it's, it's kind of a, a fact finding it's all about people really when it comes down to it so it's just more exploring what we're doing if 
if we were to do it for other sports as well, can we can we focus it in one area? Because obviously that makes sense from our model point of view. It doesn't constrain us to that. But, sure. But, but uh, and then in terms of the player recruitment and stuff here, you've now got top links here moving forward. Where yeah, you can yeah I think so. I mean, I think there was a few links anyway, but it, I think it would more just be make the process smoother. I don't know the exact uh, way transfers work from the States, but I know certainly to get work purpose in the past after have been playing X amount in international games so it's more you know can you get a pathway where it makes it easier to take a player not, not saying you're going to take loads of players but if you have identified someone can you actually make it happen it's all about spreading the net like I said yeah. before you know with Man City you know they've got reach huge reach all over mm-hmm. the world but for someone like Bristol City like, it's just important just to get that get those sort of ties in place and yeah yeah and certainly and I think people I mean, Leo has a good relationship with people at Man City. I think as does Mark, and you know they're actually quite helpful in terms of pointing you in the right direction, telling you what they've learned. Because we're not direct competition to them, so no. it's not it's not trade secret in that sense. So that's been helpful too. Yeah, because because they're obviously interesting where they've created like this global sort of sports mm-hmm. sort of network. You know, different area, different country. And I guess for you guys with the different sports as well, is that is that the future of sort of sports ownership in a way to, to have these multi-faceted sort of not empires but you know like sort of franchise element things yeah. where you've got is that is that the future in terms of in terms of you know finance and, and commercial ties and everything like that I mean, to some extent it's not you're not trying to take over the world in that no, sense no. but at the same time the world is a smaller place so you, you're trying to improve your reach and you want people to have an affiliation with you and why, and why not why not you so I think um if you have a direct link up with a team over, over here, that they definitely prefer to have something like, I think is they feel is their own and has their own identity. Yeah. So it's more probably a partnership thing than a we're gonna call something something bears or something city, yeah. I think potentially I mean city's not quite so strict because there's quite a few others. But yeah, yeah, yeah. at the same time I don't think you wanna necessarily impose something unless it's really wanted because yeah. you just want the, the tie up and the in football terms if we did have a tie-up and it's somewhere we could develop coaches, young players, everything else, as well as potentially opening up some level of recruitment, then it would make a sensible a sensible step for us. But I just meant the model that you've got with the with the Bears mm-hmm. and the basketball. So is that is that the way forward for, for, for sort of sporting? You can't just you can't stand still, can you? And I guess just being Bristol City or just being whoever, it's it's maybe it's, is it, it not enough these days? To do I think that? it opens up a lot. If if we didn't have that model would this trip and everything around it make as much sense. I mean, it makes perfect sense because the facility is great. Yeah, it's first class. It's great for the football club, but in terms of how do you go from here? How do you build things? It does add. To, we've got something totally unique, and when you try to make something add up, it makes a lot of sense, and yeah. it also stands us out from everyone else. Absolutely. Yeah. So why why would they talk to Bristol City? Well, it's because we've got multi sport. It's the stability of ownership because that's really rare in football and you know you could have something that makes loads of sense one minute and 18 months later but it, it's not on their agenda anymore no. whereas they they can see it makes, you more attra- makes you more attractive I guess yeah well they can see with us we're, ta- we're taking gradual steps yeah. and they're logical steps which means that we're not suddenly going to change our minds and go in a different direction yeah. so I think that that's what anyone looks for really, isn't it it's, you, nobody likes surprises and it's an industry full of them so sure. I think I think that sort of global picture of us having multi-sport and the stability is 
is very attractive. And, you, and you've spoken to people that here that have got multi involved multi sport. Yeah, just, maybe just yeah, it's quite it's quite common over here. So yeah, yeah, whether it's they've got all, all kinds of levels of all different sports as well. Whether it's you know you've got independent leagues in certain sports, but beneath the professional tiers that have three or four tiers, and then you've got yeah all kinds of different sports and some owners have you know multifaceted that's how they kind of grow yeah, yeah. and some of you know got some of the top teams NBA or whatever else and then they've got other bits added to it so it's I mean they're yeah it's and those things are absolutely absolutely incredible I mean yeah. we went to Tampa Bay Lightning the day to okay. turn around there basically they've got massive infrastructure nearly four billion mini city they're building around their arena and it's just it's totally different which I mean they're not like a storied sort of franchise are they really I mean not I mean you no, know, I mean, the Clippers you know that the LA, yeah. NBA, the LA Clippers they were sold for like nearly 2 billion dollars the guy from Microsoft yeah. like 2 billion I don't think they've ever won a championship I mean it's like and that's what they, I mean they built franchises and the franchises of great value and yeah. this is you know the, the, the Lightning are actually you know one of the most highly looked looked two teams in the NHL sold out no, over yeah. 200 straight games but, but from, a, from a UK from point of view we probably wouldn't know no, 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 no. but it's it's fascinating to see it and kind of share best practice in terms of how to operate arena and stadium and everything else so yeah. that, that, that side of it's been so you learned a lot from well. speaking to those yeah people. I mean it was, it was, they looked after us really well and it was just nice to to see what they do and some of the ideas and you know they've, they've been sort of changing the makeup of how they have their product for the arena as well which is did you get a yeah, chance to meet good. anyone in the Bucks? I know you were keen to meet Bruce Arians. With <laughs> I think Dean Dean's definitely been, Dean Holden's definitely been keen to meet him, but I, I'm not yet. No, no, so. you haven't had time. <laughs> no, but uh, but just just on a, on a whole, there's all the, the facilities here and everything like that. Does this just show the sort of way that you want to sort of take the club forward, basically, in terms of everything you've done so far in this last week? Yes, I mean it's it's a great complex. For, we're on site, you've got all the pictures here, they've got the equipment, the staff are, are brilliant, they help every need. And I think it's, you know, from a pre-season point of view, it's, it, you want them to be as fit as possible going into the season. You want them to have the team building, which this has definitely allowed. Um, obviously the weather is, apart from the old thunderstorm in, <laughs> yeah. when Dave's commentating, is, 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 is great for that in this hot weather. Training, so it's, it's tough, but yeah. it's um, it's been brilliant. Have you been able to sort of switch off from from the, from the day job, or is it you still it's, it's ongoing? Is it? Um, I mean, it's been different, but we've been we've been busy. We've been travelling all over the place, seeing yeah. people. So, um, yeah, I suppose it's been it's slightly removed from home in that sense. So that's all going on at the same time. Yeah. But it's, it's been it's been fun but busy. Yeah, yeah. And you still have to make decisions and do stuff as you've been out while you've been out here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> And then you know your 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 sort of first big season going into it, but I mean you you have seen to have a good relationship with Lee and Mark and everyone. You know, I'm coming into it fresh. So I've mm-hmm. dealt with you guys before, but it just seems like you've you've got a good sort of cohesive unit at the, the top of the club, which is which is what you need, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, in that sense, nothing's really changed because yeah. we've got some of the same personnel as we have, and that's part of our stability and consistency. I've known. Lee and Mark both a long time we work we know how each other work we know how we need to work as a collective to be successful and we're quite like-minded so that's you know you're going to have your disagreements whatever else but you have it together and you come out yeah. together 
And I think that's our strength is that we, we can we can line up and we're all on the same sort of track of how we want to yeah. achieve success. So you, you enjoy working with, with, with both of them and have a sort of good... good yeah, no, we have a good... Uh, and that's... Even that's also quite unique in terms of some situations you see previously is not often you can be that open and honest yeah. in, in certain terms of having head coach and chief exec and chairman being able to have that, on, that honest and open sort of circle and I think it's really positive for us it makes it should make our decision making a lot stronger and is your, is your dad always on the other end of the phone and, and involved still or not I mean, I mean he's he's, he's, he's the owner he's also in control of the checkbooks but he, uh, the point of setting it up is to let us be able to get on with what we do, obviously, we keep them abreast of, of it sure. as and when things are about to happen because you don't want, don't want surprises. But, sure. it, but we are generally left to get on. Has he, been, has he been here or not? Is he, he's working. No, he's away in Africa at the moment. Right. So. Right. It must be great to have a sounding board, someone with so much experience, yeah. and you know, it must be must be so beneficial. He's your dad, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't we don't necessarily bounce off each other that much, but we are we are very like minded. They often get the thing where, certainly in the past, people have, people think we're talking all the time because we give the same answers. But that's 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 a positive thing. You're the same person. <laughs> not not the same person, but we're we're pretty consistent in how we think things should be done. So it yeah. tends to mean you get the same the same answer. Yeah. And we don't I mean we do we we speak reasonably regularly, but not not. I mean, he's busy doing other stuff yeah. as well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and the fans obviously are very interested in, in all this sort of stuff. But then, you know, moving forward in terms of transfers and stuff, can we still? Are they? Can they expect some more sort of incoming and outgoings and stuff? Like that? Yeah, I think you always want. You always looking to improve. Um, we would probably need to balance the squad up a bit in terms of numbers as well if we're going to add any more. Um, but yeah, we're, we we've done what we'd like to do and get the players we want and get them reasonably early so they're out here and they're sure. learning how we play, learning what the teammates are. Are about and everything else, um, but realistically, we've still got a couple of positions we'd, we'd like to fill before before we kick a ball. In. Yeah, because I was looking at some of the you know I spoke to Lee about this the other day, but then I looked at you know Villa. I know the Villa have gone up, but they spent like, you know they've already spent like hundred million. I mean, it's just when you look at those numbers, just the raw figures. I mean, the amount of money that is spent certainly in the Premier League is is crazy, isn't it? But when you're in the Championship, again, you've got to you've got to cut your cloth accordingly. I mean, you can't. I know they they've got the extra money coming in, but the numbers now are just staggering really it, it is but that's why we're proud of how we're trying to do it because we if you look at we're trying to do we try and put value in the team now so that when you go up there is still value in the team not yeah. right we need to move people on and they're hard to move on because they're already paid a lot of money you, you go up with a good young footballing team they're going to cut their clock in the Premier League not and and if for any reason they are to move somewhere else, they've got a proven value because they're not, yeah. because they fit our model. So it's, we're trying to build something that is sustainable when you get there. Yeah, and, and then when you get there, it's a difference. Like, yeah, no, no. Then, then we should just be doing the same recruitment we're doing now, but we'll probably have a wider sure. pool to do it in with just some of those players at the moment where we go, we really like them, but they, but they end up somewhere else because they're just too much of a stretch for us yeah. we'll be getting those rather than going right throw that lot out what we're looking at now yeah. it'll just be you know your target it's going it's it's to be a small shift not a, not a big one yeah and that's because of the work you've done recently just in terms of yeah and I think a lot of the players we look at now would be able to 
playing the Premier League anyway. Yeah, because when Callas was was a big signing for you, yeah. and that, that's that's a statement of intent, I guess, to show that yeah, we mean we mean business really. Yeah, and I think look, it's important from that point of view that if, if we look at that unit, it's a consistent unit from from last year, and he's you know he's a proven proven player. He's been promoted a few times and did really well for us last year. It's a big big season coming up, right? I always think that John Lansdowne comes across so well. He's so calm and down to earth for a man, let's be honest, who's a multi, well, the son of a multimillionaire and is working at the helm of a, fo- a football club. Yeah, I, I know he's um, a big fan of US sports, so it was interesting, yeah, it was to, interesting hear to hear about that. And um, yeah, I think he's a big baseball fan mm-hmm. as well. So uh, yeah, I'm sure he enjoyed the time over in the States. And the relationship they have, just emphasised again, Mark Ashton, Lee Johnson himself, that they do disagree about things, but it's good that they can be open about that. If you look at other clubs, you know, at the top, there's fractured relationships and they seep down. But that's probably Bristol City's biggest strength, isn't it? The togetherness they have at the top. Absolutely, yeah. It's the bedrock, really, of um, Bristol City's strategy uh, and the, the way everything happens at the club, all the decisions are made. Yeah, so that relationship is key and it's probably a real strength of the clubs that the three of them have a good relationship and all get on well. Yeah, it's good to hear from John Lansdowne then. Uh, before we go, Gregor, I want to talk about uh, the Leeds United fans thinking that the open training session is a dig at them. This is laughable, isn't it? The fact that uh, Bristol City on Tuesday are holding an open training session for everyone to come along. Uh, during the school holidays means kids can get close to their uh, footballing heroes, I guess, and enjoy and see what they get up to on a day-to-day basis. Um, but why are Leeds United fans taking this personally? Spygate's been and gone, hasn't it? Yeah, I think I think that Bristol Bristol City has an open training session about this time, I believe, two years ago. Yeah, that's right. And they they have done regularly every summer. I think the timing changes a little bit. I think it's probably just coincidence, isn't it, that that Leeds are up first? And yeah, it would never matter what club it was at first. Well, yeah, yeah. Except that obviously the it's Leeds just coincidence. Fans are, yeah, are, are um, taking it personally, but. Guys, yeah, it's not, it's nothing personal. And uh, looking ahead to Palace this weekend, what sort of lineup do you think Lee Johnson will go for? Do you think it'll be an indication of the starting eleven for the following Sunday? Yeah, I, I do expect him to go strong against Roy Hodgson's side. I think we'll see his first choice eleven because he'll want to build that cohesion and probably the back five all picks itself. Although we haven't seen too much of Bailey Wright um, recently, mm. so maybe Jack Hunt is going to take the right back spot. Midfield, probably expecting to see Marlon Pack and Josh Brownhill. And then, yes, the fight for the forward positions and Sammy Schmodix might have one of them with Fam, you'd, you'd imagine at least. And then, yeah, Nicholas Eliasson has been decent of, of late. And then it's probably between Patterson, no doubt, of that other one. Mm, it's going to be interesting to see. Well, we'll be back next week to reflect on that Palace game and look forward to the first game of the season. It's finally here. And if you're listening on iTunes. Oh, I forgot to mention Andy Vyman. He'll play. Oh, well. <laughs> There we are, Andy Vyman as well. Uh, there, there we are. Thank you for listening. And if you're listening on iTunes, please do rate and review us. And we'll be back next week. Robins on the Wire.